The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as financial or investment advice. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the position of any associated employers or organizations. Hello everyone, this is Ryan from the Applied MMT Podcast. Today's episode 17 features a lively conversation with Charles from MMT Twitter. Charles has been an activist for years and has deep knowledge of MMT. He set up the original debate between Warren Mosler and Bob Murphy, which is available online and has served as a catalyst for many to question the merits of the Austrian School of Economics and embrace MMT. Unfortunately, Adam was unable to join us this time, but we'll be back for upcoming episodes. We recorded this on Friday, August 11th. Uh, So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Charles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Applied MMT podcast. Uh, My name is Ryan. Um, I'm your host today. Adam uh, is uh, uh, not going to be joining us today. He's got some some family stuff, but uh, pretty excited. We have uh, an amazing guest with us, uh, Charles from... uh, from uh, you know MMT Twitter uh, is here to to talk about uh, his uh, his background and uh, how he got into MMT and and uh, you know we're we're gonna have a fun little conversation. So Charles, thanks for joining us, man. Hey now, thank you. Yes, uh, thank you, uh, Ryan. I really appreciate being invited for this. Um, I don't get many opportunities uh, to to vent and and uh, uh, sit down with somebody like this on a recording. So uh, thank you. Um, you know, to begin with, I'd like to kind of talk about um, Warren's, uh, uh, Warren Moser's uh, uh, thesis that the, the Fed has it backwards, which is pretty much, pr- you know, it's it's proven correct at this point. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, we've given them enough time. They're always going to ask for more time. Um, and, uh, you know, but the reason these people think it works is the Volcker era. And we, we need to slay this dragon. And, uh-huh. um, you know, Warren has made the comment numerous times that there's no central bank studies that support what Jerome Powell is doing, has been doing. There's, you know, they don't, they don't have it. Um, there are, you know, there are studies done, you know, that, that sh- seem to show some sort of correlation between, you know, rate hikes and then deflation following. Um, one of those studies, uh, Jason Furman shared on uh, Twitter um, I, I can't remember the thread or the, or the name of the authors or, or the title of the study, but it was a cross-country study of uh, the effect of rate hikes on um, inflation. And what's interesting, if you read the paper, and I don't, I'm assuming Jason did, I don't know, but he's sharing it as evidence that this is, this, our thesis is correct, you know, rate hikes uh, are going to work. And um, well, I read the freaking paper and it found over the short term that rate hikes cause higher inflation. <laughs> it, it, it found in the long term a correlation between rate hikes and lower rates, but it does not, there's, there was nothing in, there were no fiscal controls. You know, it's just comparing all these countries and not looking at their, their budget positions, Uh huh. you know, and um, which is, you know, I, I don't know how you leave that out, but um, you know, we hear all the time from, the anti-MMT crowd, you know, deficits are bad. Um, you know, all de- deficits cause inflation. And then, you know, 
two minutes later, like, oh, we need to raise rates. Right. So you want to you want to cause what you say is bad, right. and um, you know, and it, it's so frustrating because these people talk out of both sides of their mouth. They're extremely arrogant. Um, they can be, you know, downright totally dismissive, um, and and they won't stand on their feet and debate, you know, an MMT or. You know, it's just, it, it, we just don't see it. Um, I think Stephanie's probably scared a lot of them away um, from, because she's, you know, has done some of those debates. That's what she likes doing. She doesn't even, she doesn't like talking to friendly audiences. She likes going into the lion's den. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. She, 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 she it bores her. Um, <laughs> she, she, she likes the, she likes managing the hostility and, and proving people wrong and, you know, and that's why she went to all those um, professional gatherings, you know, where she was talking to CPAs, um, auditors, um, things way outside of, you know, the economics profession. Um, but she was doing that for years before Bernie made her the um, um, chief economist for the minority in the, on the uh, Senate Budget Committee. Got it. And, okay, um, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. She, she was all over the freaking country and um, very book schedule. And um um, but yeah, she, she's, she's, she's marvelous, you know, when she's going against this, um, and she's very polite and she does it in a very professional way. You know, she's, she's not insulting anyone. She's very patient. I am none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, the, the MM, academic MMTers have professional reputations they have to protect and they, they have to preserve, um, academic, um, uh, what's the word? Um, respect, right? For their fellow academics, right? So they can't, you know, hey, you're an idiot. You, you, they can't talk like that, you know? And it's, we wouldn't want our professors to talk like that, right? Where does right. that, you know? But, I, you know, I'm, I'm none of those things, okay? So <laughs> Furman is a total fraud. I mean, let, let's just be, let's just come to terms with this, this Obama era economist. I mean, him and, and Larry Summers, you know, they're a reason you know, they were the ones putting all the pressure in the media about this. Jamie G just wrote about it. Uh, the paper about August 8th, where he just kind of squares the blame at that group who wanted to cause unemployment to get inflation down. And, um, the whole time team transitory was like, well, you know, you know, the transitory narrative came out and then things kept happening. It kept making things worse. We kept, you know, all through 21 and into 22, you know, where inflation peaked in, in, in the summer, you know, we had a series of, of one-off price level changes. Right. You know, one after right. the other, one after the other. And it's like, okay, it's a one-off thing. Okay. But now we're higher and then another, now we're higher. And, um, you know, what really sort of turned the tide was the supply chain issues got resolved. And then in the summer of last year, um, we know Biden went to Saudi Arabia on a high level diplomatic mission. And this is, you know, after while he's president, uh-huh. um, having during the campaign pledged to, um, you know, put the, 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 the sun in, in place MBK. I forget it. forget his acronym, but, um, MBS, you know, he, I think. Killed, uh, he killed Jamal Khashoggi and, you know, he was going to, you know, use that to, uh, isolate him. Well, that, that didn't work. <laughs> so what it looks like is Biden and, um, uh, I can't remember. I uh, can't remember his name, but they, they came to some sort of agreement where Biden would stop pressing on the. He basically traded justice for 
Jamal Khashoggi for, for lower oil prices. And it was right after that meeting that prices started to fall. And Saudi Arabia is a price setter. It's a gas station. It sets the price and it, the, and it, it lets its refiners buy whatever quantity at that price. And the world is short without Saudi oil. Right. And, and because you have this foreign monopolist, um, you know, when they raise prices, it's basically like producers in the U.S. now can go chase after their the buyers of, of the Saudi oil. Right? right. And offer them a slightly lower price, but higher than what they were charging. And so it's it, and it, it's what sets off all these price increases, even though Saudi Arabia isn't the sole supplier of oil. It, it, you know, we, we, there would be a shortage without their oil. Right. They're the swing and, producer. Uh, yeah. And, and, um, and yeah, they have the lowest cost of production. It's, it's some of the best oil in the world, whatever. And most of it doesn't even come here, but, um, anyways, I, I don't want to get too far off track, but, um, but we, we saw the transition to, you know, it was all coming down. Right. And, um, but the, then the rate hike started in quarter one, quarter two in, in 22, yeah, negative GDP prints. Right. You know, so it really looked like that post-war slowdown after coming out of a war. You know, you're pulling back on government spending. Um, people haven't the, the economy hasn't fully like reopened yet to um, for consumers to you know use the dollars that they've piled up. And um, um, so you know we had inflation, but we also had um, recessionary impulse with the, the lower GDP and some of this statistical, you know, adjustments taking place uh, with, with government spending falling out, you know, but uh, nevertheless, we had two negative GDP prints in a row. Everyone was screaming, we're in recession. Right. Meanwhile, employment stays high. And some of that is probably in firms being afraid to do layoffs again, you know, because then they're, Oh, then they got to rehire them again. And it was a very competitive labor market. Right. So, right. Um, I felt like in 21, there was a lot of panic hiring going on. Like employers were just freaked out. We're like, we got to add headcount now. Blah, hire anyone. And they'll, they'll, they didn't care what your background looked like. Uh-huh. Um, but anyways, um, so, so, you know, with when Powell started to raise rates, you know, GDP at this uh, debt to GDP, you know, is over 100%. And, and Warren is always, you know, pointing to that, right? Um, the debt to GDP ratio now is much higher than it was back then in the 70s. And um, this interest income is basically overwhelming um, any negative effect on uh, the credit expansion or bank lending. Um, I, I like to use the term credit expansion. And, and um, uh, now what, what we saw initially with the credit expansion is the composition of lending changed. So yes, people stopped buying homes, stopped getting mortgages, and that's continued. But other loans now got made in, in a more abundant quantity, quality. And commercial right. loans for real estate are still pretty, you know, gangbusters. It, um, now the, the the properties themselves that are that are out there, you, you know, there's a lot of worry that some of these are underwater assets, right? Because you got empty office buildings. But you know, that's not all the commercial loans that get made. You know, that people are building. Ga- I live in Dallas. Every freaking um, major intersection that had a field or something, something's getting built right now. Uh-huh. It's all over, and nothing—I haven't seen any sort of decline in this activity. Um, matter of fact, the housing development that um, has been in the progress for several years—they finally just broke uh, ground on, on building it. Townhomes, it's right by my house. I was like, Amazing. when is this going to happen? You know, so, so you know, 
the the textbook, the the uh, neoclassicals, monitors, whatever, whatever crack they're smoking. You know, <laughs> the textbooks tell them that the rate hikes have way more control over the consumer than than, than we observe in reality, right? And, right. and so what really happened with the credit expansion is the, the composition of the loans being made change because we continue to see bank credit go up. Now, we have seen some some changes since the SVB debacle, which, frankly, you know, um, um, the um, issue wasn't the rate hikes. It was the stupid collateral rules at the Fed. Right. Yep. And, and, and you know, and we, this is always the problem. Like the, you know, Stephanie uses the parlance um, and, and common language of break stuff. Right. And, um, you know, the Fed's going to break stuff. Well, you know, it's not the rate hike. It's their stupid collateral rules. I'm yeah. not saying that some firms can't survive a higher interest rate. I, we know that. Right. Um, but you know, a Ponzi firm definitely can't, and should Ponzi firms even exist? Should we be worried about that? Um, you know, that, that's a different subject matter, but, um, you know, SVB failed and, and the other little regional banks, they failed because of the stupid collateral rules. So they've got assets on the books, maybe treasuries, right? And they go to the fed and the fed says, we'll give you 80 cents a dollar or right. 75 cents a dollar. Right. And, um, um, and, and these are, um, what do you call it? Mark to mark to market, mark to maturity, right? Yeah. If they do that, then, then, it, then they would have to realize the losses that they have on those bonds since the rate hikes. Right. Right. Uh, but they're as a bank, they're allowed to keep it to maturity and hold it as the, uh, the, the maturity value. Right. So and market as, 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 as that asset. So, um, you know, that, that's what caused that little banking hiccup. And we've seen some changes with bank portfolio shifting. Um, and everyone's noticing this and going, oh, my God, the banks are weak now. They're losing deposits and blah, blah, blah. And they're actually getting stronger. Um, and, um, you know, we've seen their the, the bank's bottom line, their, their, their um, you know, reporting, um, income reporting. Um, even 22, as soon as the rate hike started, it all went up. Quarter three, yeah, quarter yeah. four, record profits. Yeah. You know, and, and um, so like I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, Stephanie's wrong. Right. But um, the parlance of break stuff needs to be in the context of the Fed's stupid collateral rules. Now, I know that they've changed things. I don't know if it's, you know, fully sufficient, you know, in case of a crisis, but a liquidity crisis can happen on a sunny day. It, right. It, it, you know, it, 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 uh, social media rumor can get started and, and, you know, and, and, and we got in the mess we were in with the banks large part because the stupid FDIC was encouraging these, these uninsured deposits, right? Because that's first in line for losses before the FDIC's, um, insurance kicks in. Right. So, um, you know, so, so, you know, going over all that, but, but, um, um, the rate hikes really save the economy. Part of, part, you know, there's other factors too, but they really save the economy um, from crashing. Right. right. And we've had additional government spending that got added. You know, a lot of Ukraine spending. These one-offs. Oh, I need a hundred billion dollars. You know, and they're just okay, cool. There, there it goes. And, and Congress just approves. Nobody questions where the money comes from. Um, but that's gone out. 
And, you know, some of that's going to def U.S. defense contractors, you know, and so it ends up, you know, adding to our GDP. Um, but, yeah. um, but, you know, we've seen the deficit rise. It was falling through quarter two of last year. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and then it bottomed. And then the rate hike started. And then you had additional government spending on top of it. And now the, and now the deficit has gone up significantly. And these people are like, oh, my God, the deficit has gone so high. And it's like, you caused this. This, this <laughs> Mark Goldwyn guy over with the Pete Peterson Institute. I mean, if there's not a more punchable face in Washington, I, I don't know. This man is a complete and total hack. He gets paid to just go out there and just cause fear and loathing and hatred amongst our population. Uh -huh. and, and he loves the rate hikes. And agrees and, and, and says that, that you know, Powell, um, you know, they don't cause inflation. Well, then you're saying deficits don't cause inflation. Right. So def when def when 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 in when it's interest rates, when it's interest income leading the deficit. OK, that doesn't cause inflation. So you're saying, though, that they don't cause inflation per se. So this is a complete 180 and flip flop from one of the largest deficit terrorist organizations on Earth, one of their chief spokesmen. Right. And, you know, media doesn't know how to pick up on this stuff and listen to what the words that people actually say. Right. But, you know, um, that guy, I, I see his face on Twitter. My blood boils. You know, I, I you know, I'm an atheist, but, you know, I, I go to church every now and then just to remind myself that most people are actually good. <laughs> like i don't like waking up every morning that sounds healthy full of, yeah i don't like waking up full of hate and rage you know and, and it gets to the point sometimes where it's like the only people i care about are my family and my friends and fuck everyone else and you know people like that like i would you know I, i'm married i have a child i have student loans i have uh, mortgage payments i can't do this but a younger me you know i that's the kind of guy I would jump in the street, right? And and you know, Mark, <laughs> I can't I can't spell his last name, Goldwyn, I think. Um, uh -huh. But anyways, um, I'm ranting again. I got all hot and bothered. But um, uh, so we're here for man. Just just yeah, just, so, just let but, it out. So, <laughs> so and none of these people have any evidence. All they can point to is the Volcker era. He raised rates up to you know north of fifteen percent, and inflation fell some time after. Right. Right. And, you know, as Warren has labored for 40 years to point out, you know, we had an oil uh, price shock. You know, things went, uh, prices went from three to 40, you know, which is, a, you know, what, 12 times increase. That's a huge, you know, at that time with the price level where it was, that was a huge increase. Yeah. And, um, um, and it worked its way through the economy um, and caused the inflation relative valuations, you know, and then the government ends up spending for the higher prices that are in the economy and then now they now the inflation gets institutionalized you know um i i'm i feel like i'm talking to multiple streams all at once i'm just uh but um warren's point about the price level is you know the government it's it it's about the prices paid when government spends um or lends but lending is really a subset of government spending right right and i like to use the term government star because that, and I like to do that so people ask, well, what the hell is that? Well, I'm talking about the normal government, the CB, plus its agents. So to me, bank lending is a form of government spending, but it's to acquire financial assets and, and not uh -huh. you know, for 
public purpose for you know building uh, buildings and you know paying wages and um, but um, um, but yeah, War, you know Warren's view is that you know the, 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 the price level starts with government, right? It's a monopolist. Um, it, uh, it it only it can set absolute values. Uh, markets determine relative values. Exactly. And, um, yeah. So, um, all right. Um, I'm a little off track. Let me, um, let me think for a second. Um, Hey Charles, I just, yeah, you know, uh, one comment on that and I haven't, I haven't talked about, I don't think I've talked about this with anyone, but when I was, uh, so, uh, my wife and I, we, we bought our, our house, um, a couple of years ago. Um, and I remember, you know, I was kind of going through, uh, you know, the contract and all these different details, you know, cause you have to get it, um, uh, you know, priced for the, for the mortgage and stuff. And, and so yeah. they have a whole breakdown of, okay, you know, the, the, the cost of the dwelling is X and, you know, the land itself is worth Y. And I just like the, the cost of the dwelling, right. To me, that was intuitive. It's like, okay, like, like that's a, that's a, price that i can go you know look up you know how, how much would it cost what the 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 raw materials what the labor costs etc so forth like like i can wrap my head around that but but to me like just the cost of the land i'm just like that what is that that's just it's just an arbitrary number like how can someone just say that something's worth something and i think that um it, uh, experience has helped me understand uh, and appreciate Warren's comments about uh, the government oh, yeah. as the price setter because there is no there like land there's no there's no cost of production or anything else it's just there has to be someone that just comes up with a you know a method for um, you know measure you know a unit of account and says okay like this is worth you know whatever amount of dollars and then once you establish that initial arbitrary, um, you know, unit of account and, and, and valuation, then everything else denominated in that unit, unit of account will, will, you know, uh, uh, tr- tr- uh, you know, price itself out in the market, uh, you know, uh, uh, accordingly. So I, I think that's something where, yeah, of course, somebody has to come in and say, this is, you know, you know, in, in, in our currency, this is worth X. And then, you know, because someone has to set that price. And so I, I just think that that's a, um, it, it's such an important point that I don't think Warren gets enough credit for. Uh, yeah, if you, if you ask, um, why am, I can't. I'm having a hard time appraisers. God. Yeah, right, right. For a minute. Um, well, where do these appraisals come from? Oh, well, we're looking at the values of other homes. Well, where'd that come from? Well, that's from other homes. It's circular reasoning, right? Right. You know, something had to say this is five. This is this land is ten thousand an acre. Right? I don't know. And, and right. And it, and it's get it started right. And um, yeah. So yeah, and that that's key. And and that that this point gets missed a lot. Um, about when it comes to uh, MMTers talking about inflation, talking about the price level. And it, it's perfectly okay, but there are differences between Bill Mitchell, Warren Mosler, Randy Ray, Stephanie, Battle, you know, Faddle, um, and, and, and that's okay. We, but this isn't a cult. 
you know, we, 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 you know, I like it when there's disagreement amongst them and tears about something. It's oh like, yeah. I do think this is at the, um, you know, what makes, you know, the core MMT is, you know, the funds to pay taxes to buy government securities comes from government spending. Right. Right. And, and, um, but, um, the point that I've been making, uh, that, that, that Warren, you know, it's it, everything I say comes from Warren, you know, it's just me putting a little spin on it. Um, um, and being a little bit more emotional and unprofessional about the way it's talked about, but, uh, <laughs> Um, all inflation stories, there's a common element. Um, and that's the government val- paying those higher prices. Um, uh-huh. And if, if, if um, let's say, let's say the government tells the economy, screw you guys, we're not spending $1 unless prices go down. You know, so, some of y'all need to start cutting prices. We're not going to spend $1. So now taxes are still up. You know, taxes are still in place, but the economy is now short the dollars to pay the taxes. Uh huh. You know, and, yep. and this this is his extreme example. Um, and as a technical detail, the government couldn't do this. It couldn't refuse to spend zero. You know, it needs to provision the tax collection, right? And and to defend itself from revolt, right? But once you're at that minimum, you know, and you have that protection and and, and um, tax enforcement is credible. You know, then you can starve the rest of the economy, and um, you know that. You know, and it couldn't do that if it wasn't the monopolist. You know, right. so when people say like, "Oh, the currencies," people have a hard time with with the price monopoly. They understand that gov- the dollar comes from the government, right? But you know, that's what it means. So if you're saying it doesn't have it, you know, if it's not a price setter, then you're saying it's not the monopolist. And, and, um, you know, I have seen some, uh, you know, MMT discussion online where that, that starts to get confused and, um, you know, yeah. um, um, but, uh, but yeah, your point about appraisals is, is, is very, um, I knew what you were going with that right away. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. but, you know, in the Volcker era, like to get back to, you know, let's slay this dragon, the Volcker era. You know, we had we had oil prices rise. Inflation starts working its way through the economy. Uh, taxes were also much higher, right? Right, so, right. And and you had more marginal brackets at higher rates. So when incomes start to go up because of the inflation, right? Um, you know, now more tax dollars are coming uh-huh. out of the economy, uh-huh. and you know, it's like a pool. Um, if you've ever been in a public pool, a public wave pool, you know, they usually have these drains on the side of the pool. And, um, you know, and, and that's in case they overfill the pool, like, well, it just, it'll run off right away. Right. Uh-huh. And, and that's kind of one of maybe the only legitimate functions of the income taxes and the progressive income taxes, um, in, from an, from a inflation fighting, uh, uh, it's like a forward drain and um you know i would like it where we got rid of these taxes uh, but um if we're gonna leave them in place we ought to think of them as like an emergency valve you know in case we really screw things up on the um, spending side we have these you know high progressive taxes in place um as this this forward drain in case we start spilling over just to give policymakers a little bit of time uh to then make other fiscal adjustments to deal with yeah. the price Problem. You know, that's a really interesting – let's just run with that for a second. That's a really interesting thought because 
I mean, that would definitely influence like business and consumption decisions too, because, you know, if you know, if businesses know that, okay, you know, the government just cut all the taxes, but they have this sort of emergency tax provision that they can, you know, slap on, uh, you know, uh, either at their discretion or um, maybe they have some, some predetermined, like, you know, CPI hits X, then, you know, we're going to have to slap on the tax, you know, they might think twice about raising prices. Yeah. Yeah. It, Beowulf had this idea, uh, Carlos uh, Mucho. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I can't summarize. Um, but, um, uh, uh, but so, you know, with Volcker, in the Volcker era, so we have accelerating tax receipts, inflation's running strong, growth is still there, rates start the, in the Volcker era, they're already above five. Right. Right. And, and then he goes to his his uh, we're going to target, you know, the money supply. We're going to set the money supply, which is total ignorance. Yeah. You know, Warren, Warren was at the trading desk at the time. He watched this happen. He's, he was embarrassed to be an American. All right. <laughs> and, and, and then they, they ended up abandoning it. And then they because they had they, you couldn't do it. It ended up the New York Fed was having to do it instead of, you know, the, um, uh, the, the border governor policy. It, but the. um um. Uh, the, 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 um, hey now, um, let me, hold on. Let me just collect my thought for just a second. Um, yeah, no problem. So he, you know, he ends up raising rates, right. And, um, and, but the fiscal position of the government completely deteriorated while this was happening. And, you know, so people say, oh, well, the rate went up, economy collapsed. Okay. Rate hikes work. Right. But, um, it was the fiscal position deteriorating that caused the recession, and then I prices see. during that time still remained elevated, and and um and, and so and 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 it made it harder to get back out of that hole. Um, and then finally, when uh, Jimmy Carter's uh, deregulation um, came to fruition, um, and, and around the world, um, people had started pumping more oil because of you know the Saudi price hikes. Um, eventually the world was flooded with surplus oil and, and the Saudis just, you know, drowned their sales went down right? and they had to cut the price and, um, and then the inflation subsided. Was it, Um, was it Carter? Did he deregulate the oil markets or I thought he uh, passed some law with the natural gas market. Yeah. We were burning oil uh, to produce electricity. Okay. uh, In the late seventies. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, you know, this was, uh, you know, the Texas Oil, um, uh, Texas Railroad Commission was like the price setter of oil in the United States at that time. They set uh-huh. the price. They say, this is what you can sell it for. And uh, they got away from that. You know, that was part of the deregulation is they're going to let things, you know, market prices prevail. Uh-huh. And um, and then, yes, the trucking industry got deregulated. Um, and, uh, and, and then uh, other energy things got deregulated. But details escape me at the moment. But... Um, but yeah, the, the end result was just a ton of energy was released, you know, for sale in the market, and that right. that um, you know we were able to overcome, um, you know, what we were short, you know, without the Saudi oil. So then it took their pricing power away, and um, and that that's what ended, you know, the inflation. Um, the interest rate situation made it worse, um, and um, you know the 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 back then um, because the 
debt to GDP was what thirty percent. Um, yeah, from around you know, there. Yeah, like the the interest expense wasn't you know it wasn't enough to um, offset the, the 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 declining budget position to arrest its collapse to stall out that collapse a little bit. Um, it, it just wasn't powerful enough. Now today, though, you know we're up north of one hundred percent debt to GDP. Right. And and um and then you know we we did see that tax acceleration you know in twenty one when the inflation picked up and then the first two quarters of twenty two. Um, and then, you know, like I said, mentioned earlier, then government spending was added on top of that. So you, you've got additional interest income and additional government spending going in the economy with these rate hikes. Whereas in the Volcker era, it was the opposite. You, you just had the rate hikes, which, which you know, was a smaller interest income effect. Um, but, you know, that, you know, we, we also we have to remember Warren's point about the term structure of prices. Um, uh huh. And this and this gets into what I call what what I what I well, you know Warren's uh, Warren's position, which may be a work in progress. I don't know. We'd have to have him come out here, right? But um, he did a he did a Nathan Tank has put on an event called uh, Interest and Inflation: The Question, and it was a brilliant. Um, uh, seminar. It was like two and a half hours long. Uh-huh. Uh, Warren did his presentation on, um, you know, what, what, you know, his, his price level analysis views. And um, um, in the end, there was a brilliant Q and a um, Nathan was asked a question. And I, I, honestly, he, he gave one of the most brilliant off the cuff uh, responses I've ever seen anyone ever give to any question in, in human history. Okay. The uh-huh. guy, he went off for like 30 minutes He's citing this and that. It was like a PhD level response to the um, in, uh, prices and where prices come from, and, um, and it was just absolutely brilliant. And Warren was great in the Q and A too. Um, interesting enough, this was the only video where that I know of where Beowulf Carlos Mucho was on camera. Um, he asked a question about the uh, New Zealand or Australian uh, uh, mortgage tax thing. Um, uh, uh, you know, anyways, um, um, but the, um, the, the point I'm, I'm, I'm getting at is, is, um, with, with this, um, you know, CPI inflation is a look back. It's, it's looking back from one period in the past to, to further period in the past and what happened between the two of them. Right. Okay, it's not what's happening right now. They don't know what the inflation rate is right now. Facing agents in the economy today, the Fed does not know. They do not have that data. They have this a, a look back data, and it's an average. It's not you know what what was inflation in nineteen May of nineteen eighty three on May sixteenth. They don't that they don't know that. All they know is is some average level of change of continuous change over the period whatever period you look at right right and um. And this information is is of value, right? But we, you know, it, it doesn't. It, it what what happens next is generally always more important than what happened in the past, right? And and um, you know, Warren's definition of inflation is the interest rate. He, he believes it, it's a better match for the academic definition of inflation is the interest rate itself. And if you you know, um, and he has this concept of the term structure of prices. So, people looking out today at futures, 
um, looking to per, you know, looking to contract for delivering in the future. Um, you know, they face a term structure of prices. There's a spot price today, and then there's a, this futures price. Right. And right. Mainstream econ or mainstream finance will teach the equation for futures prices is going to be the spot price, you know, um, times a multiple, which includes the, the interest rate. So it's there. It directly raises the price of, of those futures. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's baked and, in. And, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, so, so today I'm facing these price, this, this, this rate, um, the interest rate. Um, but you know, tomorrow, you know, something else, could, something can happen and the spot price falls. Right. And right. then, but, but then that day, I, the spot price is lower, but I still face that rate, that continuous rate of increase, uh-huh. um, you know, for, for the futures that I would purchase for tomorrow. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, I think it would be helpful if people thought of, um, the interest rate is like a forward inflation rate. Yes. Like, yeah. They may not be ready to just accept the interest of nominal rate is the policy or nominal rate is the real rate. Um, they may not be ready to accept that, but I think if you frame it as it's the forward inflation rate, it'll get them thinking. You know, right. And then you go into how you get them go into how CPI is the look back, okay, and then and then if you really want to drive the point home, look, CPI is a politically determined thing. There are methodological problems with it, and it's not all quantitative. They have to make quality adjustments because the economy is constantly changing. It's evolving. Yeah. Products that I bought today uh, are not the same as I bought last year, even if it's in the you know the, the same category of products, right? So they've got to add, they've got to adjust for improved quality improvements in, in products as it changes over time. And, um, you know, now the math has gotten weird. Okay. And, and there's decisions that have to be made, choices that have to be made similar to what the monopolist faces when it's setting a price. Right. Right. And, and, um, so, so, um, uh, now with the forward and in, in the forward, uh, inflation rate, the interest rate, um, we can observe it in futures markets. These are real markets in real time. There are many of them. These markets most closely align with what um, you know economists uh, call the perfect competition, right? They're not in perfect competition, but there's many buyers, many sellers. You know, transparency, some transparency in the prices, right? As opposed uh-huh. to, um, and and they're they're in every single commodities market, you know, across the board. Now it would be a lot of work, but you could collate and collect all that. <laughs> and then and really build a giant data set and really and observe, you know, how the, the interest rate is the inflation rate. And you can see it in the prices of all these different futures for these different items. And, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to do all that work, but, um, you know, we can't do that with the price level itself. Right. It's it's unobservable. You know, we there's it's too it's we, we, how big is the economy? Thirty trillion, you know, like. You know, no, we'd have to have surveillance across the economy over every single transaction. It's not going right. to happen. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So we, there's no choice but to look at, if you're going to look back at inflation, you have to use a proxy. You have to have a, um, you know, an approximate. It's all an approximation, right? Yeah. But when we look at the forward inflation rate, you know, we, we could get closer to, you know, observing all of it. And, and seeing all of it, right? I'm not, you know, this is these this is a these are math issues, and I, I I did well in math, but I'm not a mathematician, so I'm 
you know, I might be saying things incorrect and, you know, somebody might be messaging, you know, me on Twitter, like how I'm an idiot. About <laughs> I, look, I'm an idiot on the internet. I, I'm a redneck Yankee hippie. I fell into this by accident. Um, <laughs> I, I happened to be received out MMT in 2004. I was telling you before, I, uh, 2005, I don't know. Dennis Kucinich and was advised by Randy Ray and Warren Mosler. Um, and um, uh, he wanted to do the full reserve banking thing. And I, I think they were there to talk him out of it. And somehow it gets on the Daily Coast. I hear about it. And, um, it's coming from the Kucinich people. And at the time, I was like a blue dog Democrat. Uh-huh. Like I was a Democrat and I hated other Democrats. It was weird. And, uh, <laughs> like I, I agreed with the Republicans on economics. I just thought we could be nicer about things. Uh-huh. And, and that was basically it. And, um, um, but I, you know, I read this and I'm like, this is some communist nonsense, you know? And then, um, you flash forward to like 2009. And by that time I had opened my eyes a little bit more. I was very frustrated with the Iraq war. Um, uh, uh, you know, I kind of knew it was going to be a disaster and, um, I, uh, you know, um, uh, but I was, you know, really into Obama, right? Like everybody else my age at that time. Right. And he was hope <laughs> he was changed. Right. Right. But, um, um, I, I was still reading Warren at that time. Cause I, I, it was so interesting. I couldn't figure out why it was wrong. I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know why. And I just, <laughs> just kept reading to prove it wrong. And it just get, it got worse and worse for me. Anyways, then in 2009, Warren's showing up at tea party events, He's running for president as a Tea Party Democrat. He gets, there, he gets up there and tells everyone we need to cut the payroll tax. We need to send money to the states. Um, and we need a job guarantee. And relative approval. Like, you know, his speech to the Tea Party in Dallas was a year before his speech to the Occupy Dallas uh, group in 2012. And um, which I helped, I, I brought him in to do. Um, it, his speech was the same. It was basically the same thing, you know. Um, uh, and he got you know same level of applause. And um, I still remember, like at the end of his talk in Dallas with Occupy Dallas, which I was a part of. Um, towards the end, um, he was just having a ball. He was just sitting down with eight or nine hippies and just just explaining everything in detail. And they were all just amazed by what he was talking about. And his uh-huh. his uh, partner, his wife. She's looking over at me like we got to get to the airport, and she's she's giving me like dirty looks because like I I didn't just get up and hop up and say okay Warren you got to go, um, but she 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 said it she looked at me and I paused I waited I was kind of waiting for an opening so I didn't have to interrupt him and finally I just had to run up there and like you know bear hug him and like pull him off the stage. <laughs> I mean he's a machine he's 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 great he's our Canes he's this generation's version of you know Kane. Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah, and and uh, not enough credit when he when he passes away, there better be freaking statues built and and a museum built because uh, he's he does he's done a lot more with his life than just MMT, right? He's his his uh, uh the vehicles that he was producing in the eighties uh, with his car business were you know um, you know about where major manufacturers are today. Um, Is that right? Well, you know he his idea with his. Um, his idea was to get rid of weight and use different material in his sports cars. So he could get away with a smaller engine, um, but by using different material that was lighter, he could get a faster car on the road. And, huh. and it, yeah. And, oh yeah. You got to check them out. Check, um, yeah. Go. Uh, there's a car and driver uh, YouTube video 
um, from a couple years ago you can watch uh, where they, they re-interview him. And they were brutal on him um, back in, in the 80s or 90s when um, uh, – uh, he basically put it, took it on a newspaper ad and said, I'll give a hundred thousand dollars if your car can beat my Raptor. And, uh, so, really? so, so yeah, they staged an event, they staged an event and they used one of his vehicles, but the, the brakes were jacked up or something. It was all, the clutch was out and, and, and the, the other vehicle was like brand new and the other vehicle won. And Warren's like, this is not a fair competition. Go to hell. Like we need to redo this. And, and they were like, no, no, and they just sort of buried him. And, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, the I think he ends up building the MT nine hundred, which is you know, a very sexy looking car. Um, and one of the first buyers was uh, George Lucas, uh, Star Wars. Really? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he made electric cars, electric vans. He made weird concept cars. He sold everything though. He 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 said it was an addiction. You know, he couldn't make money selling the stuff. And, uh-huh, yeah. Because um, you got to, you know, when you're, you got to, you got to, um, uh, 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 you need that economy of scale, right? You yeah, 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 up. yeah. And, um. Yeah, you're but, still, uh, bend, you're bending metal. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, capital so, intensive. It's low margin. But, yeah, but, you know, what I'm predicting for the rest of this year, um, one, we have the main recessionary threat we face is the fucking Republicans in the House refusing to pass a budget and causing the government to shut down. Okay. And there is no talk about this in the media. Those two sides are way far apart. And, you know, I understand where limited government people are coming from, where people want lower taxes. Um, You know, I I want the same. I I believe in limited government. You know, there's, you know, but we can do, the progressive things and have a smaller government than we have today and lower taxes. I believe that. Right. Um, and, and, um, and, and, you know, because look, they, they're not measuring the whole government. They don't think the unemployed is in the government or, or in the, un, in the, the unemployed or in the government. You know, that's not part of their calculations, the idleness that the government creates in the economy. That's not part of the government to them, uh-huh. but it is to me, it's waste. It's pure waste. Yeah. And these people are the, the, the number one producers of it. And they're the ones bitching all the time about wasteful government. And so I don't know. We need some. I'm worried about this. I am because that bill needs to be done by September. Um, uh, oh, is that gov- right? Government shuts down. We got weeks. And like nobody's paying attention to it, right? And, no, um, I haven't read anything about it. Yeah. And, and um, the, the, the Freedom Caucus is, is going to lose its shit on Mike, um, McCarthy if he tries to do another deal. Now, so far, he survived the debt ceiling deal. So that I didn't, you know, he's 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 um, gone further than I thought this was going to go. But um, they're they're not going to allow it to happen again. He's not going to be able to compromise. There's they're gonna he's gonna they're gonna demand cuts, um, significant cuts, um, or the votes aren't going to be there. Now, the other thing is they could do, and this is this would be weird, is you know the Democrats will really have to save McCarthy from. The, the freedom caucus and, and, you know, and then meanwhile we have Trump, you know, on the verge of prison, you know, running his mouth left and right. Everything revolves around Trump and right. you don't know how he's going to respond to that, you know? And, and um, so yeah, a lot, lot, lot of drama there, but let's say this wasn't the case and, you know, we, we had the spending bill and it was done. Look, um, CPI is going to, we know oil is going back up. I got it. You know, I have investments in oil. 
Um, um, I'm up like 400% since March 2020 in, in uh, oil Amazing. stocks that I bought. Yeah, it's one smart thing I, I've done. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, is know, it like, is it like mandatory, like you enter the state of Texas and like you have to be somehow some shape or form invested in oil? <laughs> no, I just, I just knew at the time I was like, oil is the cheapest it's ever going to be in my lifetime. So I'm going to buy. And yeah, I, that makes I sense. A, I bought this, um, it's supposed to be a hedging tool, but it's called Gush, G U S H. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I started buying uh, yeah, yeah, I started buying it was at 13 and now it's at like 156. It peaked in November though of last year and I was up like 5 600%. And oh, wow. I'm trying to hold it basically until like another 10 years, basically until the world burns up and we all die. Um I'm going to try to, you know, cash out before then. Uh-huh. Uh, and um you know, I don't know, um, but that that's my investment strategy. I try to invest in industries. Um, I was I was doing a lot in tech with semiconductors, and um, 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 I haven't really bought. Uh, I do have a couple battery stocks, and um, um, I was into telecom. I got out because the capital expenditures are just huge, and the stock prices goes up and down. It's just yeah. it's messy. Yeah. And, um, but uh, but. Yeah, the th- one the one thing that did attract me in the, in the beginning was five G, because you know everyone five G. No one talks be, about that anymore. Is internet everywhere? Everything's gonna be so fast. Yeah, it was all fake news. Okay, it's it's a little faster. Yes, I agree, but um, the profits just haven't been there for the, the companies that are doing the no, work. no, no. One no. telecom stock that I kept for a long while, and that was T Mobile, and um, and I ended up selling it uh, earlier last week. Um, and uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I had AT and T, Verizon, Ericsson, Nokia, and um, um, they did well through the pandemic. But then twenty twenty two or maybe before then, they started everything started to go south on them. So, so I've exited positions with profits, but not as much as I could have took earlier. Um, uh-huh. But um, but yeah, so and I, I don't trade every day. I'm not a day trader. I I just you know when I feel good about something, when I've done enough research, I look at the prices and I see a good entry point. I'm like, okay, I'm in. You know, and then I kind of just see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I, am too busy. I can't day trade. Um, <laughs> uh, amen to that. <laughs> I, I want to, I, you know, sit at a computer all day, work for three hours, make $30,000. It sounds great to anyone, but, um, um, where was I, where was I headed though? With, oh, the future. And so CPI is going to bounce around. Oil is going back up. That feeds into everything. Right. Uh, we're going to see, you know, we're still seeing increased government spending. And, Natty you know, gas too. I think it yeah, touched the three handle the other day. And what, Once this relative value story works its way through the economy, the government ends up paying those higher prices and then it's yeah. institutionalized. And we're not going to go down from here, you know, and then, and, 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 um, so, so yeah, C- CPI is down right now, but it is going to, um, it is going to trend towards and stabilize around the policy rate. Yes, uh, yes. Over time. And it's not going to be a direct thing, but the, the policy rate is going to controls the direction of CPI. And, and um, what Warren likes to say is um, the, the, the forward, uh, you know, the interest rate, um, you know, with, with, with what it does to futures prices, um, futures prices themselves are not the price level, but they strongly influence du- the direction of the price level. Right, where it's going from here, but like I said, it's kind of weird because, like I said, if something happens, you know, overnight, um, you know, uh, 
the Malaysians just discover, you know, 15 trillion barrels of oil and, and, and they found a new discovery on how to get it out of the ground. And by the way, they're going to start pumping next week. Right. Like that could, that could lower the spot price of oil tomorrow. Right. So, so, you know, and then, and then, and then, um, you know, so what's the inflation rate then? Well, it's about what's going to happen next. Right. So it's, it's, it's always about the prices that you face, um, like right now. And, and so, um, I can see why people can get kind of weird about, you know, the forward inflation rate or in, in, in certainly, you know, in, in the interest rate is, is the inflation rate. Like that's, that's just mind blowing to these monetarists, the Jason, <laughs> the Noah Smiths, um, right. the, you know, the, the blue check PhD economists on Twitter. Um, you know, they, they don't want to hear this. Um, you know, but you know, what Warren's talking about with the debt to GDP ratio, the fiscal dominance people have been talking about for decades. In fact, some of the people like Noah Smith, who claims the deficit's a problem, cited fiscal dominance. It gets to a size of a certain <laughs> point, interest rates won't work anymore. And and there's like there's multiple interpretations of fiscal dominance. I mean, whatever. You know, um, but you know, it's like the flu. But you know, Powell was up there in testimony earlier this year saying a congressman asked him, like, do you take in consideration the government's budget position when you're making fiscal policy? He's like, no, that would be fiscal dominance. But that's not all of what fiscal dominance is. It's not just the Fed sitting there going, oh, we can't do this because we need to help finance uh, the, the budget uh, for the government. Right. Um, it, it's also where it, 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 what it's doing now. It can't raise rates to cool inflation. It further it furthers or extends the inflation, and 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 um, it neutralizes it, right? Um, and and you know the example that Warren gives, he, he's got this other extreme example. Um, you know, when people have a problem with this, it's like, oh well, it's just not high enough. You got to keep raising it. It'll get higher and higher, and then and then and then everything goes away. And, and the more higher it is, the better, right? Is is an assumption that. You know, some people make now there's more nuanced arguments than that. But, you know, Warren's point is his extreme examples. You know, what if the government raised it, raised the rates to 100 <laughs> percent? So the national debt doubles in a year. We go from 32 to 64 trillion. And then the year after that, we go to 128 trillion. So in the two year period, we go from 32 to 128 trillion dollars. And you're going to tell me, these people are going to tell us that that's deflationary? <laughs> After all this time saying how the deficit causes inflation, the money supply causes inflation. So, go, you know, like, it's insane. And that's that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people, like the fiscal dominance people. Um, I made the comment on Twitter, you know, last night. They're, they're either, their heads are in the sand or they're dead. I don't, I don't know where these people are. Maybe they're academics that just aren't that famous and, nobody's thought to ask them, but, um, you know, we, the, the, the rate hike people, um, it's a cult. These people are a cult. The only proof they have they are, are textbooks cult. that they wrote. Right. So, you, you know, like it's in the textbook Well, you wrote the fucking textbook. So, um, <laughs> so like we, like, I don't know. I don't know how to break through to the masses with this stuff. I've been struggling with it for now 14 years. I, I feel like I've, I've done everything I can. And, and look, frankly, there's better people out there to lead our movement, to be a voice in our movement. Um, you know, I, like, again, I'm going to refer to myself as an idiot on the Internet. But if I'm making any sense, 
that should be a massive indictment on the intellectual bankruptcy in this country, the bankruptcy of leadership, the failure of leadership across the board. And it's in both parties. Um, Like, I don't want MMT associated with Biden anymore. This man is a, he's a tariff man and he's a rate hiker. He, they put all those rate hikers up on the board, uh, the the board of governors. Um, Uh And, and, uh, you know, it's democratic, quote unquote, democratic economists that were pressure, you know, Larry Summers and, 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 um, uh, the, the fraud that is Jason Furman. And um, uh, quick story about Larry Summers. So I saw him on TV yelling, you know, something, I don't know. I, I can't remember the exact context. Something but, incoherent. Yeah, something Job of the Hut like And um, <laughs> he, um, so I, I, uh, I literally called his office at Harvard, got him on the phone. Um, I had to go through his chief of staff and, um, I had emailed beforehand, so they kind of like knew who I was. And they're kind of like, whoa, this is interesting. And I came as like a representative of real progressives. And uh-huh. um, my the plan, was, the initial idea was I was going to try to get Larry and Warren to talk in a video format and, and, and have real progressives film it. That was my, my plan. But I, I could sense immediately in his voice he wasn't really – that's not his thing. He, he, goes, he goes on TV. He goes where the ratings are, right? Um, we, you know, we have a fairly small following, but you know, maybe a few thousand people out there. Um, maybe more, I don't know. Steve, Stephen um, G has the numbers, but, um, so then I just said, Hey, Hey, hey listen, just get on the phone with Warren and talk about this. Cause there were things that Larry was saying that I agreed with the tariffs, move the fucking tariffs, remove the tariffs, people stop the tariffs. FDR was against tariffs. Why is Biden continuing to double and triple down on them? You know, it's, it's just maddening. We're, we have this export-led growth ideology. It's been there since Obama. Right. Obama put, like, one of the Walmart people in charge of the economy for a while. And, you right. know, exporters, they want, lower, they want lower wages. They want deflation. You know, they, they, they want our products to sell. So, you know, they, they want, um, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, a weaker dollar, right? Where people can buy more of our stuff. Maybe that's a stronger yeah. dollar. I don't know. But, um. Um, but Summers is, is, um, you know, he's like, I'll call him, I'll call him. What's his number? And I'm like, oh, okay, here, here's his number. And then I follow up with his chief of staff. Oh yeah, we're still going to call Warren. We were planning on it. Da, 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 da. And I'm like holding my powder. Like I have all this stuff, you know, I'm trying not to bad mouth Larry on my Twitter account in case his chief of staff starts looking at it or something, uh-huh. you know, and, um, 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 uh, and and also Larry, there was some some agreement over the the Saudis. I remember him agreeing with whatever whatever I was saying about Saudi Arabia setting prices. He started to say yes, I agree or something. And um and um so I was like okay, focus on that. You know, have to talk to Warren about you know the tariffs, oil prices, and and then you know and then talk further about inflation and the sources of inflation. And um so anyways, I end up calling back uh, like three four times finally. I'm on the phone with the assistant chief of staff and this lady was a bitch. Uh-huh. And she kind of told me off and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, so Larry was too scared to even pick up the phone and have a conversation with Warren Mosley. I mean, these wow. people are total frauds. Right. The fact that the media rolls them out, trots them out, writes articles about them. It, it's infuriating. <laughs> They're pieces of shit. They don't, we should not listen to any of them. And, and it's over. Their day, their day is over, you know, and, and, and you, you made the comment 
I don't know if it was while we were recording or earlier, but yeah, there's high school students that have learned MMT that exist, they exist out there and they've learned MMT and they can run circles around these PhD blue check mark moron economists um, that just run their mouth and all we hear is vomit out of it. And, and <laughs> high school students. I mean, it, this is not that hard. It's not rocket science. It's just deprogramming because, you know, it's all everything that MMTs, the resistance we face is, is, is just, you know, it's, it's, um, it's religion, you know, and, and we're heretics and, and, you know, they don't want to hear that, you know, they want to burn us at the stake. Right. And, um, but, um, you know, and I've made open challenges like this to economists on Twitter all the time, you know, they'll, they'll, I'll say something, you know, provocative and they'll comment, well, this and that, and that, and that. I remember the whole, they were yelling at me about the, the, the LM curve being flat, like saying that other economists have said that. And um, I remember there's this uh, Asian uh, economist. Um, uh, he just, he was, he got nasty with me. He's like, what about, you know, we, we, we said that too. That's not, that's not new. And then, and then we keep talking, we keep talking. And then he brings up, Oh yeah. When deficits get high enough, it'll cause rates to go up. And I'm like, well, hold on. We're arguing that you guys have been saying it's flat. And it doesn't cause rates to go up. Well, and he's like, look at the 10-year rate after this. And he sends me this graph. And it's like, you know, it's a pretty big graph um, that he's narrowed down. And he there was a small blip up, you know, in the 10-year rate. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, deficits cause this. And, oh, my you know, and I'm gosh. like, the whole time I'm sitting here going like, listen, dude, the, the those rates are market expectations. That could have happened because the fucking Fed chairman started – talking weird and the market interpreted it a different way and they were confused and then, oh okay we're you know 10 10 year rate goes up i mean um but um i mean someone I, could have I, fat finger the trade <laughs> yeah i mean right i mean i mean it's such a small little jump like and then it went down you know so yeah. like, what's the point like and and um and that's be, you know that that's not the in, that's not the deficit causing the rate to the, the the yield to jump right that's that's a portfolio shift thing that that's an expectation thing you know yeah and, right uh, that's a good way to put it yeah yeah and um you know so I know I've said uh, there's probably things I've said here that are maybe confusing and possibly incorrect and for any errors I've made they are my own um, you know so anything I've said uh, that's incorrect that you know. Uh, that I implied I got from Warren, you know, it's my mistake. It's, you know, um, yeah, Warren doesn't he, make mistakes. Well, <laughs> he, well, he does. He tells you, you know, yeah, yeah, like, oh. yeah. you know, um, every few years I'll go to Warren. Um, kind of like, I don't know. You remember breaking bad, um, Gus every few years, he tries to like overthrow the cartel hitman, uh-huh. the cartel leader. Um, um, well, every few years I'll go to Warren. I'll be like, why don't we say it this way? You know, and, and, and say this instead of this, you know, and he gives me his, he, he lets me say my piece. And then he's like, explains why that's stupid and wrong. And, and he's right, you know, and, and um, his, his way of doing things, he likes to, he likes to use language that's bulletproof. Yeah. Fit, fit for the boardroom. He's and, very deliberate about that. Yes. In this, in the smallest amount of words possible. He wants to say that as much and be as clear as possible. Yeah. And, it, and it's a remarkable freaking talent. And um, he has gotten into trouble with some of our, you know, more left or socialist leaning um, MMT uh, brothers and sisters. But um, 
you know, he, he, he doesn't like the bleeding heart language. Um, yeah. He doesn't like leading with it. And, um, but he'll concede that, you know, we, you know, he, he likes to say, uh, it's just, it's, a, it's the activists that have helped spread MMT and they've said things in ways that he wouldn't have said them, but it's worked. So how can you deny that? But, um, you know, I know with the job guarantee, he would, he would prefer we didn't focus on the bleeding heart stuff. Um, but I, I think you have to do both. You have to convince the, the businessmen with the technical arguments, with the common sense arguments, with the straightforward. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, that, that goes over people's heads, right? And and there's a lot of good liberals and socialists out there that just aren't into tune into economics. Um, and you got to pull at them a little bit emotionally. You know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in sales, right? You know, so, you know, it's got to know your audience, figure right. out what is going to move them to what you, you, where you want them to go. And, you know, so, so I appreciate both bleeding heart and the strong technical, uh, uh, just bulletproof way of talking about MMT. Um, but, um, and you know, I got, I got, he's, he pulled me into this and, and, you know, I, I haven't got to spend like a lot of time with Warren in any one point, but like over 11 years or 12 years now it's a lot right and um you know sometimes he'll call me like I, like i bet he'll call me after this he hears this and um he'll have a critique or he'll say good job whatever but um uh-huh, yeah, that's had, great yeah i've had some long phone calls with warren though and and um good guy good guy just a great guy i remember uh uh talking to him the week covid hit and uh really yeah and and uh, i was i had just started um, with, um, the legal division, um, like, a, a couple weeks prior, and, uh, I was, I was recruiting, um, uh, you know, lawyers and paralegals, and I thought I was going to retire from that. I, it was, it was great. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and then COVID hit and eventually I was furloughed and all the courts closed. So our division was destroyed and I got brought back. Now I do something a little bit different for my company, but, um, yeah, he's, he, he offered to write a, um, uh, letter of recommendation for me to get into grad school. And, uh, wow. I appreciated that. And, um, uh, you know, so, so, you know, we, if we didn't have Warren, we don't have this. No. no. And, and then I know a lot of people, you know, it's like he started MMT, but then, you know, generations after have, um, added to it and really further developed it. But, um, you know, he's still needed when it comes to the price level, when it comes to inflation, when it comes to talking about interest rates. And it's particularly with the Volcker stuff because there's nobody else that's t- everything I'm saying about Volcker. I learned, I've literally, he was in a, uh, he did a video with some other podcast a few months ago and I, I must've just heard all that again and, and, and repeated it. But, um, there's nobody else like him, um, when it comes to, you know, interest rates, inflation and, and, um, uh, uh, uh the price level. I mean, there's, and, and, you know, I like, I love Bill Mitchell. He's, he's, he's great. He's been a really strong friend of real progressives, but, um, uh-huh. you know, I've emailed him a few times about the way he talks about inflation and, and, you know, uh, we, you know, we, uh, we got into it, you know, and I, and, uh, I, I brought Warren in and, and, um, you know, so it's okay when there's, you know, it's okay that, you know, we have our academics and they may talk about things a little bit differently. And, and they may seem to disagree. And it may just be because they just need to hear it, you know, instead of reading it. You know, I, I'm an auditory learner. Yeah. You tell me something I don't forget. I read stuff all the time I forget. You know, it's just a blur. Um, but, um, um, 
But, you know, like I said, we're not a cult. And it's a good thing there's ongoing debate and there's different, you know, groups inside of MMT. I, you know, I love Rohan. I love Raul and I love Nathan and I love the, the, the everything they're doing up in New York and how they promoted it. And they're probably the most responsible for, you know, getting MMT in the news, getting news reporters to notice it, look at it, read at it. And that, and that created the buzz on the internet. I mean, you can, uh-huh. those, those three need an award. I don't agree with them on everything. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, and, and some of it's like preferential, but, um, uh, I know, the, you know, they're pretty big advocates of, of public banking. And, um, you know, my point, I just would nationalize the banks we have rather than build additional ones. It seems like an in- environmental waste, you know, uh, um, it seems like a failure. You know, the banks we have are already, you know, public private partnerships. Why can't they behave? And, you know, um, Rohan's point is, you know, well, they have the profit motive. It's always going to be there to corrupt them. And, um, and, and you, you need a, you, you need a public version of, of banking that, that doesn't have that motivation. And, um, you know, Warren's point is that with public bank, the insiders in the bank giving loans to their friends and not based on credit worthiness. Um, either or is fine. I just, you know, I'm just trying not to right. you know, build things we don't need and waste more of the environment. Um, you know, that, that's kind of my point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other questions for me, Ryan? I think we've run it a little long. It's 3.15. Yeah, no, uh, Charles, I think that's a good place to leave this off. Um, that was a uh, that was an amazing uh, conversation. And, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, a lot I mean, to me, think about. You can about. tell me if I sucked or not. I mean, I mumble a lot. <laughs> no, man, you were, you, you, you were great. Um, uh, no, and, and, and the price level stuff is, is, is awesome. So, um, uh, Charles, thank you for, uh, for joining us and, uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes this fall.